Simply Financial with Christopher Calandra, Certified Financial Planner, is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting-edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought-provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ. Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. This is season number three, episode number eight. Thanks for joining me today. The stock market has taken investors on a wild ride since 2017. 2017 was a monster year for the stock market. We had low volatility combined with a very strong uptrend, providing most investors with excellent returns. It was a great year. In contrast, 2018 was the worst year since 2008, and most of that damage happened in the fourth quarter. The market actually peaked in September of 2018. We had a very tough quarter, as I just said, in the fourth quarter. That's where most of the damage was done. In fact, December of 2018 was the worst December for stocks since 1931. Really, really tough month. And one other statistic is that we had the worst Christmas Eve trading day ever in the history of the stock market. So all of this action in 2018, in particular what happened in the fourth quarter and in December, left many investors shell-shocked. We had fears of a global growth slowdown, including a slowdown in U.S. economic growth, The markets became highly worried about the trade dispute with China and the tariff issue. On top of that, there was increasing concerns about interest rates going up too far, too fast for the U.S. economy to digest and, again, left many of us shell-shocked. I did uh, an episode of the podcast with uh, Dean Nicholson, an economist, a financial advisor. I actually bought his practice a couple of years ago, and we recorded an episode um, just after this sell-off, and we talked about a number of things. That was episode uh, number two of season three, so you may want to check that out. But at the time of this sell-off, It didn't feel to me like 2008, even though 2018 was the worst year since 2008. It didn't feel like 2008. You didn't have major U.S. corporations failing. The U.S. financial system wasn't at its breaking point like it wasn't in 2018. We also didn't have government intervention with the federal government coming in to bail out companies or force mergers like they did during the depths of the financial crisis where they forced Merrill Lynch and Bank of America to pair up. It didn't feel like any of that. This felt at the time like a painful garden variety, stressful, anxiety-inducing market correction. A market correction is defined as a decline of 10% or more. So let's just fast forward. I'm recording this. We're in the middle part of February. The major stock market indexes, including the Dow and S&P, have rebounded strongly so far since January 1st 
undoing a lot of the damage that occurred in 2018. We are still not at the highs set in September, but the performance so far this year is in the high single digits. It's been a wild ride. A great 2017, a troubling 2018, including a really tough fourth quarter of 2018, and now we seem to be in the midst of a very strong recovery. A lot of what concerned the market in the fourth quarter has already kind of melted into the background. The market was concerned, as I said, about global growth fears. They still exist. Uh, Many countries around the world, especially major industrial countries like Japan, Germany, and China, are struggling with growth. The U.S., is still growing. We might be growing less than we did in 2018, but that remains to be seen. But those fears have really, really damped down over the last couple of weeks. Although there's still concerns over the trade dispute with China, and it's not a settled issue, most of the news that's come out over the last couple of weeks has had an optimistic tone that a deal will get done with China and our worst fears of an all-out trade war that could conceivably wreck our economy as well as the Chinese economy seems to be old news. Personally, I am very optimistic that the Trump administration will be able to redo our trade deal with China. I think both parties will have to compromise But this notion that you get sometimes in the media that the Chinese have all the cards and we have none is completely overdone. We are China's biggest customer. Anytime your biggest customer is unhappy, that's not a good thing. So I do think cooler heads will prevail. A deal will get done. The trouble is that some of these negotiations in the world we live in today take place in the news and in sound bites and on Twitter. That might be a little unnerving, but I think a lot of it is just posturing and jawboning and just a modern form of negotiating. But again, I think at the end of the day, a deal will be struck. China will probably make some concessions. Hopefully those concessions will be beneficial for the American worker, for U.S. corporations leveling the playing field, and will be helpful to U.S. economic growth. I don't believe China is going to give up the store, but I think there's plenty of room for an agreement. It's not something that worries me a great deal. The other thing that was top of mind in the fourth quarter was interest rates going up too far, too fast in a way that the U.S. economy would not be able to digest the rate hikes and possibly putting the brakes on economic growth. Already that's faded into the background because in early October, Federal Chairman Jay Powell forecasted that the Federal Reserve might raise interest rates four times in 2019. And the markets really didn't like that forecast much at all. But since... What happened in the fourth quarter, uh, the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell in particular, 
has changed his tune and backed away from that forecast. He's used language like the Fed is going to be flexible. And the forecast today is that we would have one, maybe two interest rate hikes in 2019 as opposed to the four. That seems to have calmed the market down in terms of their worries about interest rates. And I don't have a crystal ball, of course, for 2019, but there are lots of reasons to be optimistic. For one, the Federal Reserve median forecast is for the U.S. to grow by 2.3% this year. That's a little lower than what 2018 was, but that's still pretty good growth, and that's better growth than we had from 2009 through 2016 on average. So that's encouraging. My belief, by the way, is that that's too low of an estimate. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, I would bet that economic growth comes in higher than the 2.3%. I think the Federal Reserve is underestimating the power of this positive sentiment we have in the U.S. where we have a jobs... picture that's pretty good for all of his faults, and they are many. The president is pretty motivational when he talks about the U.S. economy, is aspirational, and he really does try and rally for the markets and for the economy. I just think there's too many good feelings at the top of the government down to Main Street, and again, I would anticipate we would do better than 2.3%, but that's an instinctual thing. It's hard for me to argue with the Federal Reserve that brings in the best and brightest minds all over the country to make economic policy, but that's my opinion. Unemployment also is a source of optimism. Uh, It is expected that unemployment, which has been on the decline since we moved out of the Great Financial Recession in 2009, will continue to fall to as low as 3.5% this year, which would be absolutely terrific. This week, news came out that when you look at the number of job openings in the U.S. right now, it's the largest number of job openings the U.S. has ever had. I talked about this on my uh, radio show that I do on local radio here in Hartford County on WESUFM.org. And uh, I had a little bit of debate with my friend and co-host, Marty Kina. And one thing I think the media hasn't focused enough on is that we have now a situation which we have not had in a very long time in the job market, and that is there are more job openings than there are people looking for jobs, and that is really a welcome thing for the American worker. Of course, that doesn't mean that everybody is winning on the job front. There's still people that are unemployed, still people that are underemployed. We all probably know somebody that graduated from school and they're employed, but they might be waiting tables or bartending instead of actually working in their desired career field. It's not perfect, but the job market is better than it was a year ago, better than it was three years ago, better than it was five years ago, and seemingly improves month over month, and that is really, really a great thing for the U.S. economy. I'll also point out a historical perspective going back to the market. 
is uh, looked at some research recently that reminded me that the market goes up, the stock market goes up typically about three out of every four years. It's not uncommon for the market to have a correction like we had in the fourth quarter. Again, they're no fun, but they're not unusual and they're built into the long-term performance of the stock market. Going back to the 1920s, that three out of four uh, statistic is pretty reliable. What we also looked at is that Since the 1920s, there's been 24 years where the market has had a negative return 24 times. What we looked at is the year after that negative year, the market averaged a 10% return. Now, that, of course, does not mean 2019 is going to be 10%. It could be negative, even though we've gotten off to a great start. But I think that does highlight the resiliency of the market that bad periods in the market are followed by periods of recovery. And one of the things that Dean Nicholson and I talked about, and it's worth repeating when we did episode two of season three, is that for most people, most of the time, they should hold their nose and walk through the correction that we had in the fourth quarter. And so far, that advice seems to be working out just well. Do not know what the future holds, but an understanding of the history of the market that even though it can get scary at times, acknowledging the history of the market that we've been here before and the market will struggle sometimes, but a bad quarter, a bad year, a particularly rough month will not upend what is otherwise a good strong, proven, long-term investment and financial plan. So thank you very much for joining me today as we talked about this market's wild ride since 2017. I've enjoyed it a lot. Hopefully you have too. I will be back with you on an upcoming episode of the Simply Financial podcast very soon. In the meantime, as always, please, please, please go to the website, www.elliotwealth.com. Find out more about my work as a certified financial planner and the rest of the team that helps me. You can subscribe to this podcast at the site, sign up for an initial complimentary consultation. We would love to add some new clients. So please do that. And again, I'll be back with you soon. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your actions access to your use of third-party technologies, websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to.
Securities and advisory services are offered through SagePoint Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with SagePoint Financial. Simply Financial is part of the Exvadio Podcast Network. You can find Exvadio Podcasts at exvadio.com slash podcast, the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes Store, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. So join us and stay informed and entertained.